0: Welcome to Operation Flourish, a podcast designed to help you flourish in all aspects of life. Whether you're a Miss America contestant, an athlete, or someone with a growth mindset striving to unlock your full potential, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Kayla Myers, Miss Central Indiana. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Operation Flourish podcast. This week, we have another special guest. I am so excited for you to meet Lily Catherine Gale, who is Miss Slidell 2023 in the Miss America Scholarship Opportunity. As we're recording this, Lily is preparing to leave for Miss Louisiana Week to share her passion and her heart with the judges. By the time you hear this, Lily is hopefully going to be celebrating as our next Miss Louisiana. Lily, I am speaking this into existence for you, girl. I met Lily about a year or two ago through passions for mental health and a lot of mock interviews and late nights on Zoom. (laughs) Uh, We had some of the latest nights doing mock interviews, but also talking about so many different aspects of life. And I remember just getting some really amazing advice from Lily And that's why I'm so excited to welcome Lily to our podcast. So welcome. How are you doing, Lily? I'm doing well. I'm excited to see young women exceed
1: and excel in everything that they do, especially you, Kayla. You have been an inspiration so far. And I want to know what advice I gave you because I don't know. Do you remember what what advice it was?
0: It was lots of different advice, but one of it actually very relevant to Pride Month right now was kind of talking through some of the... Just navigating aspects of the LGBTQ community experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, it was us and who was a uh, New York girl? um Brent, not Avery Brent, Bishop. Avery. No, was and, Avery was, the Avery was on there, and then and then one other oh, girl from New York, Danielle
1: Berry, I think, or whatever. Her yes, her I mean, last name Asla. was Asla
0: Berry. Asla. Yes, Danielle, she was what? incredible. So she we would,
1: was we were talking about
0: married now. Oh my goodness! See, this is how She's things change married. so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, Avery's getting um, she got engaged, and then I think after Miss Texas.
0: Wow. So. Married. For those of you who are listening and might not be deeply in the pageant world of Miss America, Avery is our lovely Miss Texas right now, who will soon be giving up her title. She's incredible. We've done some mocks with her, Um, Aswa, another girl who competed in New York, and then Lily in Louisiana. So it just shows the connections across states within Miss America, which is so cool, and just seeing how we progress over time. So I know some about Lily, but I'm about to find out even more. And one thing I'm going to find out is this question of the day, because I'm curious, what sure. book has had the most significant impact on you, Lily?
1: It's, it's that's a loaded question because co- I'm such a book nerd. I love books, but um, All Things Beautiful and Kind. It is actually a series about a British vet back in the 1940s who was a um, war vet during World War II, but his huge passion was being a veterinarian. And he would he started out as a veterinarian in this very rural town, somewhere right outside of London. It was some of the craziest stuff you've ever heard. Like he would wake up in the middle of the middle of the night because a sheep was breached with a lamb or a horse had rot in its foot or something. It was so many different stories and it just followed along in his life. And he was real and raw and told everything how it was. It may have been a little gross at some point, but it really molded me into who I am now because it showed me that you can relate to anyone if you try hard enough. And being able to hear these stories about all these different farmers who didn't trust this big, this little city boy who came to their town and said, I'm a, I am know medicine for animals. Let me help you. And then they would go to him and give him gifts or bring their dogs or cats to them or just be able to trust him. And that meant a lot to me because I love animals and I love stories that they have and they can bring people together. You know, animals are basically the earthly angels. And I have one, his name is Theo. I love him, he's a little brat, but (laughs) we love our little brats, it's okay. But I think that series per se is the one that's had the most impact on me.
0: I love that. We need to know what is your animal? What type of animal?
1: He's a dog. He is a mutt. I think he's got husky in him because he talks so much. I had to put him outside because I knew he was gonna he would hear you and he would get in the camera because he loves cameras. He's very photogenic. And he's he's a pageant dog. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> so Of course, of course. He when is got these short little legs with a long body like that that Dotson Pitt and husky, I think, is well, what that he is, is such a I'm cool combo. Sure. Of course, he's that's where Brindle. My... He's Brindle with a white star on his chest.
0: Oh my goodness, that sounds like the coolest dog ever. I'm kind of sad he's not going to be zoom bombing. Um, I we know, had... I know. I'll just send you a picture later. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'm sure you can go find Lily on her social media and go find a picture of her dog. But that's one place where my brain immediately went from that book. But also, I really want to highlight what you said about no matter what and who you're with, there's always a way to connect to people and there's always a way to find something you can relate upon. And I just think that's really big right now in the world we're living in where it's so divided and we're kind of like looking at what's different in other people as opposed to what we have in common. So I just think that's so beautifully said.
1: Right. Absolutely. And, you know, if we look at each other, yeah, there's going to be different skin tones there's different ethnicities and different historical backgrounds. But we all believe the same. We're, we have the same heartbeat. We have the same type of brain. I mean, if we look hard enough into everyone's story, there's going to be something that we will relate to and that is relevant to right now. And like you live, where do you live now? You're like Indiana? Yep. Yeah. I'm in Louisiana. But like there would have been no crossing of paths without the Miss America organization. And that's how we relate. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, we relate because of our community service initiatives now. So I think that's what it's called. Yes, yes.
0: Right. So <laughs> it's changed like, so many times. <laughs> I mean, I've
1: competed for three years. It's changed every time. I I don't know, but
0: I'm here for it because I'm adaptable.
1: But you know, if we did, like, if we looked hard enough, you and I can relate. We became friends because of the things that we related on, not because of the differences we had. So being able to have that and like be be so relevant right now, because in the Miss America organization. There are so many different people, like it's so diverse. It's a melting pot of everything. And I love that. It makes everything so much more fun. Cause can you imagine if we were all the same person?
0: Oh, that interview would be so hard for those judges. Yeah.
1: <laughs> They'd be like, mm hmm.
0: All right, next, next, next.
1: <laughs> next. Okay. Yeah. So, like, it wouldn't be fun
0: for anyone at that point. I completely agree. I love that. And you already started touching a little bit on your community service initiative. And before we dive into exactly what that is in its current present state, I'm curious what led you to choosing that community service initiative? What were some of those maybe life experiences or things that developed that passion?
1: So I am a three suicide attempt survivor. I attempted it when I was 13, 15, and then 16 years old and i came from a very religious family where they did not believe in mental health so i didn't understand exactly what those big emotions were what suicidal ideations actually felt like and what those big feelings feel like and i did not know how to express them completely and being my personality i suppress a lot of things still going to therapy and still digging up a lot of things right now but we're working on it we are working So being able to see the type of experiences that I've had in the past, along with that, I self-harmed, I had anorexia, bulimia, um, everything you can think of when it comes to depression, I basically had. And I knew that looking back, I saw a little girl that was terrified, that did not feel like she was enough, when when in real life, she was an absolute princess and she should've, she should have seen herself that way but her circumstances created a villain in her story and i wanted to be that light and inspiration for people around me it doesn't matter what age you are who you are what gender you are whatever it could be i'm going to be there for that person because they are worth it and that their life means something and that they were here they are here on this earth for an absolute purpose And God put them here because he knew that he created them for such a time as this. And that's a big thing for me going into the Miss Louisiana competition next week. Can't believe that. (laughs) But I was like thinking the other day, like why in the world was I born in 1999 and I'm competing now for Miss Louisiana for the third time in 2023. And something in me said, you were born for now. And I know that sounds super simple, but it's true because I may not have thought that I fit in this generation at one point, but all the differences that I've had actually makes me be able to relate to people older than me because I can see where they're coming from. The empathetic part of me sees that I can feel what they feel and being able to just show that next week and being able to show little girls, little boys, young adults, teenagers, and adults, that they're going to be worth it. No matter what they feel, they it's okay to feel that way. But at the end of the day,
0: their life means something. That is such a beautiful and important message. Um, as someone who's a counselor in training, one of my like absolute number one values is that you are inherently worthy just by mm. living, by being That's that good. human. And it's something that you know we can say easily, but sometimes feeling it and believing that. Is really challenging. We put so much pressure yeah. on ourselves. We're constantly judging ourselves why we did those things and we can get really down on ourselves. And I think that constant reminder of you being that light and that inspiration and that reminder to others that, you know, they are enough and they are worthy is so important. So I'm thankful you're doing that. I'm thankful you're bringing that to the Louisiana stage. That's going to be incredible. But if it's okay with you, I wanted to dive even more into kind of that struggle mm. of, you know, What does it look like when you are struggling with suicidal ideation? How can we talk about that and normalize talking about that with people who might be struggling but feel it's too taboo to discuss?
1: Yes. So I actually talked about that in my run-through mock interview last week. And um, they asked, how in the world are you going to talk about that in schools? Because Mm -hmm. you're going to have a school tour. You're going to be talking to first, second, third graders, whatever age it could be. And that's no parent wants their child at that age to know what the word suicide means Mm -hmm. and you know it needs to be destigmatized because it's i don't want to make like a comparison but for example you see someone with cancer you know that they're sick you know that they if it's terminal then they are not going to be here very long and everyone knows that this person needs people in their corner that they they're They're feeling weak. They're feeling vulnerable right now. And they need, like, I guess in a sense, bodyguards in a way, like encouragers and people that can fortify their spirit. And when it comes to depression, it's such a silent killer. And not many people understand what it feels like because whenever, so I had three different instances and every circumstance was completely different. So when I was 13 years old, all I knew is that I wanted to go to sleep forever I didn't understand what I was actually feeling. All I knew is that I remember reading a book and someone took a lot of pills. And I thought, okay, I don't want to leave where I'm at now. This is what I want to do. And I am just getting very, very sick. So obviously, thank the Lord, I did not complete a suicide there. But the ones at 15 and 16, it feels like you are so numb. But again, it feels like you are are under so much pressure. Like, you can't feel anything, but you're in pain the entire time. And all you want to do is to stop those voices in your head. You want to stop the feeling of numbness and pain that you're feeling because it, because it is so excruciating. Everything you hear, like people may talk to you. You may not hear them. You are zoned out. You're disassociating. Um, you are in your own little world because all you see is the negativity around you. And you are being so derogatory to yourself because you think oh i'm not worth it i don't think that like no one's going to realize i'm gone and you feel so invisible and that's a big thing whenever it comes to suicidal ideations and they can just be like intrusive thoughts they can be like oh you need to go take that whatever it could be and do something to yourself with it or um ha- or a nightmare like i've had nightmares like that before And it's not fun. It is terrifying. And sometimes it really comes from a place of pure exhaustion because you are so burned out. You are so used up and you feel like there is nothing else you can give. And a way that I've described it to people before is like you are a soldier on a 50 mile ruck and you have a 50 pound rucksack on your back and they are making you run and you get up and get up and get up every time you fall. And there's a drill sergeant next to you screaming in your ear saying, get up now, you need to keep going. And you just lay your face in the mud and say, I can't, I just cannot leave. I cannot get up anymore because that bag, that, that feeling of pressure and weight just weighs you down so much. And you just don't feel like you can get up and you need someone to pick you up. And that's kind of where the lifters project comes in. You know, as being a weightlifter, you, um, Get under some pretty heavy weight, you know, on a squat, on a squat bar or the, um, or bench press. And you have to have someone there to pick it up if you fail. And, you know, it's okay to fail when it comes to your mental health, because sometimes you're too weak to hold on. But at the same time, you need someone there that you trust. Number one, you need to trust this person with your life because sometimes they will
0: save it. That's happened to me several times and
1: someone that you can be completely vulnerable
0: with. Absolutely. And I remember the first time I ever heard that analogy of where your community service initiative came from of the lifters project. I think it's so beautiful. And maybe that's partly because I love weightlifting. So I can relate. We relate there too. (laughs) Exactly. Another connection. So I can relate fully onto that. You know, you have all that weight in your bar and someone Mm -hmm. can truly lift that out and save you. Um, And that's such an important aspect. And I think social support is truly like the biggest thing you can Mm -hmm. have to help someone who's struggling with mental illness, suicidal thoughts, whatever it may be. So I think that's so crucial. And you mentioned the intrusivity of the thoughts. So Mm -hmm. this is my counselor brain going like a little psychoeducation moment. But I think it's important for people to know how normal it can be to have those thoughts. And. Um, it's so important to normalize that. And there's different types of suicidal thoughts too. As starting working as a counselor, we talk about, you know, there's very passive thoughts of maybe, like you said, I just want to go to sleep or I want this pain to end. It's not necessarily thinking about, you know, I explicitly want to die, but those mm-hmm. those still qualify as it. And there's a lot of people who feel those and that's normal to feel those. And if you can have someone help support you out of that, that's one of the best ways to just feel connected and not so isolated, like you said. Yeah. Um, And that's really big. And then there's kind of the more active side where, you know, maybe there is that intent to actually start having a plan and you're thinking about how you might actually want to die. And those are important things that we can find a way to help you reach out to someone in those moments, because just having that one person feeling like you're not alone and knowing people will miss you when you're gone because you make an impact and you are here for a reason. Like that is so important.
1: It is very important. And, you know, looking back, so yesterday, I feel like I'm rambling, but you know, it's okay. Uh, I went to Miss Southeastern 2023's send-off reception for Miss Louisiana. I cannot believe I'm already on 2023. with Miss. It's insane. Mm-hmm. But I walked in and there was only standing room. And seeing my friend Kobe in this gorgeous dress with the crown on her head and the sash on her chest – and seeing all these people there. We had the new president of the university there. We have the vice president of affairs. You have, you have all these people. We have the counseling center there. Um, you have everyone there to support her. Two years ago, there were seven people at mine mm-hmm. and to know, and I remember leaving and I said, the next Miss Southeastern will not have this. She will have something so much bigger. And I worked I worked to get Miss Satish on the map in Hammond in the Tangipahoa parish or County it's parish here, but yeah, anyways, um, just so the next one would not have the same experience I did. And to see that plan come to succession, I cried because it was something so beautiful and it, some people might feel jealous, but I didn't, I felt grateful because all these people were there for her, but I made it possible for them to be there. And I'm a very goal-oriented person. So a goal checked off my list. But going to um going there and Dr. Summers, who's the vice president there, he has been like a father figure to me the like the entire time from the start of Miss Southeastern to now. And um I actually made him peanut butter cookies because he loves them and I gave him a little thank you note for you know supporting me and being in my corner. And, um, like people like him, uh, I'm going to cry. Don't do that. I'm very emotional because I'm very, I'm very tired, but, um, people like him make it worth it because Mm -hmm. yes, he's an administrative employee. He has a big job. He takes care of thousands and thousands of students, but he sees me and he lights up, he smiles and he talks to me. And he said, Lily, if you need anything, you know, where my office is and, he's one person, but I know that if I was ever gone by a suicide, it would impact him. Not only would it impact him, it would impact you. It would impact everyone that I've touched. And I actually had, a, um, had a, an appearance at a, um, suicide prevention play where these children, well these t- teenagers put on a play for a, a crime stoppers and, uh, this the parish that I live in. And, uh, I was researching some stuff because I had never like really spoken in front of parents about this before. So I was thinking, oh my gosh, what do I say? And I kept looking up different stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna look up how many people like you meet in your lifetime and in an average American lifetime, 70, 75, sometimes 80 something years old, you know, you touch 80,000 people wow. in a lifetime. And with the Miss America organization now, I'll probably double that. Absolutely. And looking at these parents and these kids saying that it just hit me. This, this handful of people in this auditorium are other lives that I've touched. And now these people will go out and tell my story and testimony and it'll make them brave enough to tell their testimony. There's a little girl. Well, she wasn't little. She was very tall, but she was 14. <laughs> um, I'll be 24 next week. So I feel very old. So 14 is a baby to me, but she came to me and, you know, being someone who's gone through self-harm before, and like you can spot that from a mile away. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I saw it. I didn't say anything. I hugged her and I did not let go. And she like, did not want me to let go either. So being able to do that for her, like we exchanged numbers. And I said, I pulled her off to the side and I said, listen, I know what you've gone through. I've been there before. And there's, there is a way out of it. If you need anything, you call me and I will be there. And being able to be there for that 14 year old girl means so much because I don't know what's going to happen in her life. I don't know if I will ever see her again. I don't know that, but I'm just praying that
0: that one tiny five minute interaction changed
1: her life for the better.
0: Yeah, and that kind of brings up—I think it's called the butterfly effect, where Mm -hmm. you impact someone else, and they impact all these other people. The eighty thousand. So thank you for that stat, and I'm sure it's much higher for the Miss America organization. But it really is such a small thing that one moment, those five Mm -hmm. minutes, that can so impact someone's future. Taking the time to make sure someone's send-off party was better the next year. Those little things are so impactful, and it sounds like that's the way that you leave your legacy.
1: Yes, and. You know, I I love listening to Alicia Darby with the um, Winning a Pageant podcast. She it talks about a legacy project and she's like, she talks about, yes, you need a platform for when you competing, but what are you doing after that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. So my legacy project is going to be my platform now, the lifters project with your heartbeat, because there's so much potential for it to turn into legislation or High school curriculums on suicide prevention and education, which is something that I'm working on right now, actually. And being able to see that butterfly effect, like you mentioned, in years after I'm, you know, old and retired and cranky after the Miss America competitions. <laughs> um, So being able to have that butterfly effect and leave that legacy is something that I've always wanted to do. And now I know that if something did happen, people would miss me people love me people like see me as an impactful person an inspiration and um i actually at my sister's 16th birthday oh, last week. yeah last week but well, i'm i'm going to unplug that because it's aggravated me uh there was this um lady named julie and her little sister named jenny and miss jenny had down syndrome and she had sparkle shoes on she loves sparkles so obviously i had to bring out my sparkle boots and my sparkle tennis shoes because i saw sparkles and i i'm addicted to sparkles it is and it it's bad that's amazing it's i love it i brought them up i'm like miss jenny you have to see my shoes like i put them on it's like oh my goodness i'm like wait a second i've got two crowns in the car she's going to freak out so i brought them out and i actually have a picture of me crowning her and um it was precious i absolutely love her so much and um i we spent like what two hours wearing crowns and playing around like calling each other queen and princess and she oh it was so much fun and afterwards she gave me the biggest hug and she's like thank you sparkle girl i'm like don't make me cry but um a few days later miss julie messaged me on instagram and uh she was like thank you so much you have such a special gift you've impacted her more than you will ever know And I'm like, this is crazy. Going from a 16-year-old who did not think she would make it to her 18th birthday to about to be celebrating my 24th next week on my interview day, which is going to be insane. Love it. Yes. And being the first female sports information director at Southeastern ever hired, a first generation graduate, a lot of firsts. And I just wish I could go back in time. And tell that little teenager that was sitting in the corner of her closet, like crying her eyes out, like, hey, you are going to be okay. It's going to be hard. You're going to go through a lot of things. People are going to do things to you. You're going to do things to yourself. But trust me, you are going to be just fine.
0: It's so beautiful how so much can change with time if you just keep holding on to that hope and you have those people who are that inspiration for you. And now that you've had those incredible people and you've listed a few in your life, it's amazing that you're able to turn that around and it's that butterfly effect in full effect, giving back. And I don't think people realize the power of an extra crown. Going out, it's incredible. Like it is game changer. And whether it's five minutes or one time they're crowned or two hours like you were playing around, that can change a child's life, having oh, the opportunity wow. to see themselves as a princess, a queen, someone who, you know, has a crown and is looked upon as being powerful in their voice or whatever they want to be. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. And I love that you were able to do that and continue to do that. That is so incredible.
1: All right. I, I love crowning people. Like, that's one of my biggest things, especially... So as Miss Southeastern two years ago, I loved give, like, I only had one crown at the time. So I would let little girls wear my sash and pictures. Mm-hmm. And when I would say, do you want to be Miss Southeastern? They would look at me with the biggest eyes and be like, oh, yes, please. So like, that was like one of my favorite things. And I still love doing that as Miss Slidell. I'll and Now I have two extra crowns, so I can count two people at the same time if I wanted to. So being able to do that has been a lot of fun. Um, you know, Miss Louisiana, Miss America has given me people like you, it's given me experience, like I mentioned before, and it's given me a voice that I didn't realize that I had. And it's created so many different professional opportunities for me as well. It's created confidence and just high self-esteem, you know, not pride, but at the same time, not boastful pride, but like just that confidence of me knowing that when I walk into a room, People will look at me and be like, "Oh my gosh, who is she?" And that's the kind of impact I want to have on the judges too. Whenever I go to Miss Louisiana, like I'm wearing this gorgeous—I mean, oh, out of this world pretty interview dress. I am so excited.
0: I can't. wait. Uh, I wish I could
1: show you. I wish I could. Actually, I'll show you after. I can't show it right now, but
0: um, I'm gonna walk in like I own the room because I do. I'm Mm -hmm. so excited. And I think if we could teach more people, men and women, to have that mentality of I own this room. And it's not I own this room because I'm better than you. It's I own this room and there's space for all of us to own this room, to be powerful, to own our thing. And we need more of that. We need more people like you doing that. We need more platforms and opportunities like Miss America to do that. Right. And I think like whenever
1: like a big thing for me, whenever I first started competing was every room I walk into. I want it to be a safe, I want it to be a safe space for whoever, because I walked into it because mm-hmm. I am a safe space. And, you know, um, with it being pride month, I have two siblings. I have Cam and then I have Levi they, uh Cam has been married. She's be, been married a year now to Nikki, but um, being able to see that side of things as well, it has really been very insightful and been very eye opening because, you know, People have struggles. People are going to go through a lot of things. Things are going to be problematic. That's just how life is. But being able to be their safe space has been incredibly important and not just beneficial to me, but I've learned a lot from those types of experiences. And just being able to like love completely unconditionally has been a huge motto of mine since I began competing in the Miss America organization because I wasn't loved unconditionally. I've never been loved unconditionally. It's always been something, it's always been transactional. And I never, ever want someone to feel like that around me because I'm gonna be y'all's best friend. Like that's just me. Like the Southern charm's gonna come out because my mm-hmm. accent, like I got accent now. If you can't tell. See it's coming out a little bit, just a little bit. But like that's me. Like I'm gonna be people's best friend and most of all I want to be their protector.
0: I love that. And it's kind of, I had a previous episode with Jenna that turned the pain into passion and you did that as Ooh, well. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I got to think Ooh. of a, I got to top that episode title somehow. I don't Ooh. know how I'm going to do that, but we'll find the gold. There's a lots of gold in here, but. Ooh, <laughs> that is, Ooh that's good. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Mm. Um, but you've clearly done that, which is so beautiful to see. And I imagine there could be listeners right now who most likely are struggling, you know, one in five has a mental illness, if not more. Yeah. And so many people struggle with suicidal thoughts, feeling mm-hmm. like they're not worthy, feeling like I could never walk into a room and just like, no, I own it and be confident. Like, who is she? Yeah. What would be your biggest advice of whether strategies, tips, or just ways that helped you essentially flourish into that person who can walk into the room and know that you are Lily, you own this and you have a purpose. It takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. takes a lot of, I like to call it baptism
1: by fire because there'll be times where you walk in, you will stumble and you will fall and you will get embarrassed. I've been embarrassed a thousand times, but I realized that no one is going to care because they have their own stumbling and their own falling. And they're worried about that more than they're worried about you.
0: Preach. And
1: it a girl, it's true though, but going in like that and knowing that I have what it takes to be capable, to succeed. That is another massive thing. You know, I have, someone told me yesterday, he said, you have just been set up to fail, haven't you? After I've told him a lot of what happened to me. And I said, oh my gosh, you're right. A lot of stuff, I've had a lot of obstacles. And he said, yet you're doing so good. At 23 years old, you're about to get your master's in December, like, Lily, how?
0: Give us the tip.
1: Give us the tip. You do not give up. Mm. Do not. Because you will make it. If you have a goal in mind, make it into sub goals. Make it into tiny little baby steps. Because a baby doesn't run a 440 at six months old. They're going to crawl. They're going to roll over and pick up their head. And sometimes that's what you need to do. And going to therapy, I realized that I didn't take care of my inner child a lot. And because I always suppressed her, I was always the mother figure of the friend group. I was always the leader. I was never allowed to follow. So I was a trailblazer a lot of times. So being able to let go of that particular part of control for me was extremely hard Mm -hmm. because I loved the lead. But at the same time, following is also arresting. And being able to do that has been very beneficial for me. I've been able to open up a lot more. I've been able to really have confidence in who I was and not the title that was bestowed upon me. And being able to just be Lily has been so eye-opening and so freeing. And just know like, if you believe in yourself, people will believe in you too. And that I could go on and on, but I'm gonna stop there on that particular question because there's so much more treasure in that, but everyone's treasure is completely different. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I love that. It's that celebrating the uniqueness. Every person mm-hmm. has something unique to offer. And maybe it does come from, you know, we said that pain and the passion, you know, all of those things that maybe could have set you up for failure, yeah. but you were able to uniquely turn that into something beautiful and into something that you could do to make sure no one else felt that way. So whether it be the adversity you overcame, the special experiences, the things that people might label you as different for those are the things that make you so special and if you can find yeah. your way to own it sure there will always be people who judge you You know there's that little cheesy saying you know you can be the juiciest peach in the world but someone's going to hate peaches and that's just right well, there's always going that to be a shirt <laughs> i agree My session is shirts right now and mottos so i need to put mottos on shirts that's what i need to do i am that's for it cool. absolutely for it but you can be that you know, most perfect person. And there will always be a few people out there. And, you know, those are the people you have to intentionally block out. But it's Mm -hmm. like you said, more often than not, people are so caught up in their own insecurities and the own things that they're struggling with. And the more that we can embrace ourselves and embrace, you know, sure, we messed up. And Indiana, our current Miss Indiana lost her shoe last year on stage. And she owned that. She said, you know, my shoe fell off. I'm going to go get it. And I'm going to come back and answer this question. And people relate to that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Who would have thought? But people don't love perfection. And I think that's something that I've learned over the past few years. People don't like perfect. Perfect is actually mm. very intimidating. We don't connect and relate to perfect because we ourselves are far from perfect. So when mm. we see someone stumble or mess up or make a mistake and we can laugh it off together, that's actually a way to connect, which is so beautiful because we all have those imperfections.
1: Seriously, though, like the last two Um, every, I think besides Miss River City, the two titles that I won, Miss Southeastern and Miss Liddell, in both of those interviews, I stopped myself and I said, I'm so sorry. Let me slow down. I'm very nervous. Mm -hmm. I won both of them. And I thought, oh my gosh, this was the worst interview. Like this, this other person's going to win because I said this and it wasn't like smooth. No. And like, because it makes you human. Like people don't want to see perfect. They don't want to see, they want to see pretty, but they don't want to see absolutely drop dead gorgeous because that's not relatable. And mm-hmm. you can wear all the makeup in the world, but if that's not you, then they're not going to know. And mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm in like gym shorts and my, my Miss Slidell shirt, but I, love it. I was going to wear my crown and be all dressed up. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do it because that's not me right now. Mm-hmm. And when a competition week comes in, I will step out in my stilettos. I will do it. I will wear, I will put some lidocaine on my toes and I will go. But right now my feet will be resting. So it's just being that relatable part of you and that personable part of you is extremely important because you're not going to be in a conference room every day. You're not going to be at a press conference or at a sponsorship meeting where you have to meet the CEO of a company. You're going to be with kids. You're going to be with people around around your community. You'll be helping out. You'll be in tennis shoes and probably shorts most of the time volunteering. And mm-hmm. that's the best part about Miss Louisiana is that Miss Louisiana and Miss America is the service aspect of it because it gives us a platform to serve people that have given back to us. We've been raised by villages. It's time to give back to those exact same villages too.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even if you as a listener right now are not a Miss America girl, or you can't really relate to the whole pageant vibe, maybe you're one of my athletes or someone in business or just in general, trying to transform your life in different ways. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to know that, you know, it's not just Miss America that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. These concepts apply to every aspect of life. If you're always professional, perfect in every setting, you're still not going to relate. I actually lost a really incredible opportunity because I was too professional and came off as too perfect and not authentically vulnerable. And yeah, that was the exact reason why I lost the position word for word. I didn't come off as authentically vulnerable. I came off as too professional and that's not what they wanted. Uh, I was applying to work with the Arizona Diamondbacks and I was super excited about the opportunity Mm. and I made it to the final stages. I got to meet with them in person and I met with them at a professional conference. So in my brain, I was in professional mode, you know, head to toe dress, like you said, professional mode. But when you have that professional aspect, you know, you can check off every box for the Mm. job you're applying for, the internship, the school you're applying for. But if you lack that ability to find a way to, like Lily said, connect with someone, whether it be your shared similarities, being real, acknowledging, you know, maybe you are too excited and you're talking quickly. If you can't make yourself a true person to the Mm. people that you are connecting with. It's never going to connect and the person who, you know, maybe doesn't check all the boxes, but they connect and they're relatable. Those are the people who get the positions. And I think that's so important to remember that everyone has the ability to offer that real authentic self. We may not all check the boxes, but we can all be Lily. We can all be Kayla. We can all bring our quirky fun sides to wherever we go. Obviously in a good proportion. We don't, we don't want to be a hundred percent that if it's no, a professional. We don't want to be but. all like, I am
1: a goofball, but when it's game day, I'm ten percent goofball and ninety percent game face. Mm-hmm. That that's how I gotta think. You know, like bring sports into it. You have to be personable because you're traveling with the team. You're hanging out with the team. You're eating dinner, eating breakfast, whatever it is. You're on a bus for what ten hours? Like mm-hmm. if you're traveling somewhere crazy. Like I'm. I work with women's basketball at Southeastern, and um, they're my babies. They're my sport. So I am with them a lot during season. And we actually went to Iowa for the first round of March Madness. We got beat, obviously. But, um, I mean, Caitlin Clark, you can beat Caitlin Clark besides LSU. You know, but I digress on that. Um, But being able to relate to them and have fun while at the same time being professional is super important. Because sports is probably one of the least professional professions there is, I think. I'm pretty sure. Because, like, they're their office clothes is a jersey and gym shorts and mine obviously a little different because i am a pageant and rhinestone girl i had to bring out the white pantsuit for iowa but yes ah, it was so cute i felt so good um but being able to be relatable is extremely important in sports and like you're gonna get a lot of different people when you work with a team you know you may have someone who Love school. Another person is just there to play basketball. Their head is down there in grind mode. And another person, they'll be la di da, looking at butterflies, catching the butterflies. I've got it all, got all personality. I love my girls. I, they're so sweet. And they love me because I go say, Hey, I take off the game day face and I'm Lily. And it shows through. And I tell them every day I see them, I'm so proud of you. You've done so well. You're doing great at practice. Like you're making those layups that you need to make. Maybe you need I, I don't I'm not a coach. So I'm not going to say anything, but I'm like, go team, you know, that type <laughs> of way. But, you know, like, that's a big thing anywhere that you work, you're going to be hot, ha- you're going to be working with a team it doesn't matter in business, marketing, finance, education, nursing, you know, any type of pro- profession, you need to relate because those people are your teammates as well
0: absolutely beautifully said i need to see pictures of this jumpsuit and everything too we're gonna have a whole photo Girl, share after but
1: <laughs> i recycled my first miss louisiana interview suit oh it was a means- white um antonio Milani with a flared pant leg
0: <gasps>
1: and i it was freezing because it was snowing outside like 15 degrees so i wore a, a green turtleneck to go with the team because we were wearing green and black and i had my sparkle sneakers on
0: wow I love that you really are like the little sparkle queen it's amazing Um, I'm like a mini Erin Andrews I'm I'm serious (laughs) I love her I'm gonna have to do so much googling because I don't know any people's names so I got a lot of googling to do after this he
1: is like the really tall pretty blonde sideline reporter like she's been around forever she did um she hosted dancing with the stars oh okay so I should know this
0: person I'll do some research (laughs) once you see your face you'll like you'll connect yeah That's amazing. But it sounds like two really big takeaways that I'm hearing is this connection aspect and also yeah. the unique aspect, you know, what mm-hmm. makes you unique and what do you uniquely bring to the table. So I'm curious if you were to sum up for Lily, what is the most unique thing about Lily? I know that's a hard one. They might ask you it next week. I might be prepping that's you true. very You're well. preparing me. <laughs>
1: Oh gosh. Um, I think like what I said earlier, Um, like when it's game day, I'm 90% game day face and then 10% goofball. Like I will let that goofball show. Don't get me wrong. I will hype up my players. I will dap them up. But at the same time, when it's time to work, I'm ready to work. And whenever like they're pretty sure they'll ask me what sets you apart from the other girls. Like I have a game plan. I know what I want to do. I am but I am heels to the ground. Let's go. I am ready to be your next Miss Louisiana because I know what it takes and I have what it takes. And being able to show that not only to you, but the rest of the Miss America organization, the Miss Louisiana board and the judges is something that I'm super excited about. But that's my takeaway is have a game day face ready. But at the same time, let that goofball show just a little bit.
0: I love that. And I'm sure that 90, 10 will reflect in your year. Maybe sometimes even more than the 10 when you're with kids and got the sparkle girl. shoes out. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: I, I will race. They will. I, I will take off them heels girl and I will race them kids and I will win.
0: I love it. No I'm mercy for little though. kids. <laughs> Maybe I'll let them win a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. We we have to give them hope. We have to inspire them sometimes. But... Inspire, be a role model. Yeah. So we got to take one for the team sacrifice. That's important. The way I love to end episodes, obviously we got the socials, we got the logistics done, but you mentioned like mottos, mantras, things like that, you know, quotes on shirts. I'm curious, are there any quotes that have inspired you or a piece of advice that was really impactful for you that you'd like to offer? I'm really big on advice and motivation.
1: So I love the Hamilton Broadway show that Lin-Manuel, uh, he's a god of lyrics, But in the song, Wait For It, that's sung by Aaron Burr, there is a quote that I have on my laptop, actually. And it says, I am an amenable, I am an original. And amenable, I believe that's how you say it, it means that no one can take away your value. No one can strip you of what you are because you are what you are. And I absolutely love that because I've always tried to model myself after other people instead of really digging deep and finding what's buried inside And really focusing on what I bring to the table, not what I can help people bring to the table. And I'm an original. There is no one like Lily Gale. There is not going to be another Lily Gale maybe for a thousand years. I don't know. But that's my thing. You are valuable. You are an original and you are not a copy and paste. You are God made you the way he made you for a reason. And there is nothing else anyone can say or do or think about it. And if they say something about you, do a little hair flip, and be like, you can't tell me anything because I'm me
0: and you're just jealous. I love that. I think that is, first of all, such a beautiful quote that I have not yet heard, but wow, absolutely wonderful. I love every single piece of information about that quote. Um, and I completely agree. You know, it is just you. And there will always, again, be the people who don't like peaches out there and that's okay. Hey. But what's most powerful is that self-talk. And I've heard a lot of how it sounds like your self-talk has changed over time. So maybe that's Mm -hmm. one of the tangible points. You know, it takes time, but start changing your self-talk. What are the things you're saying to yourself? And I love that. I got so much of that from you today. So much about the authenticity, being original, being authentically lily and i'm so excited for the miss louisiana judges to see that i'm so excited for our listeners to see that as well and i'm just so excited that i get to call you a friend and cheer you on through all of this so thank you for taking the time out of your very busy prep schedule and packing time to be on this operation flourish podcast episode
1: thank you so much for having me you know i always love speaking to different delegates that are around the country you know and having that connection and that networking opportunity with all you guys and also friendship opportunity to, you know, us pageant girls, there's no one
0: like us. We got to stick together sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. The sisterhood is real. It really oh, is. Yes. I'm glad they <laughs> added that pillar. It was such a pleasure talking to you and for everyone listening. Thank you so much for joining this episode of the Operation Flourish podcast. There will be plenty more to come. I'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Operation Flourish podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, leave a review, and share on your social media or with a friend. It goes a long way. See you next Thursday.